Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Greg. We have a very, very special guest today. She is from my hometown of Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Yahoo! Shout out, Montreal. And her first season was in February of 1991 in Paradise Island, Bahamas. And get this, she was an au pair picnic geo. You do not meet many au pair picnic geos their first season, so I'm pretty excited to talk about that. And... And whatever else we're going to talk about, you're just going to have to keep on listening. So without further ado, please give a warm welcome to From Montreal, Sylvie. Sylvie, ça va? How are you? Hey, salut, Greg. Ça va super. I'm doing very well. Yourself? Oh, good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming on the show. I well, thank you for it. inviting me. Well, yeah, we. I think we figured out that even though like you started in 91, I started in 94, we somehow, unless we're wrong, people, and please send us photo evidence, I don't think... We did a season together. We must have just missed each other. We, in fact, if we're not mistaken, met at Hendel Duplessis, one of his parties in like either 2006 or 2007, correct? Something like that. Yeah, the years are getting blurred with the old age of fencing fastly. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think we ever been in a village together, but we know the same people. Like- yeah, we have, uh, according to Facebook, we have 45 mutual friends. So wow. uh, there's that. But uh, yeah, I think we must have just missed each other. But we were because we were racking our brains trying to think, no, for sure we did a season together but we kept comparing years and villages and i think we just missed each other each time yeah i think following in one another throughout the years yeah all right well if you if you like to just tell me like how like you know 91 like how did you find out about club med like how did you and then you know who told you about it or you, you saw an ad somewhere well actually to be honest with you like most people in those in the good old 90s there was an ad on tv you know like they would show you like the most fantastic picture of a beach and it looked like paradise and they say 30 seconds at Club Med, imagine a week yes. and they always had like the little music like in the back of it and I would hear it everywhere and one night I'm with some friends we're partying in a bar in Montreal and uh, one of those friends goes uh, hey what are you doing this week I said nothing I'm I'm off he goes do you want to go to Club Med? I'm like what I said, well, I didn't plan. I, he's like, no, no, don't worry about it. He goes, I was supposed to go with my boyfriend, but we got into a fight. I don't want to bring him. So I said, oh, so you want me to go with you? And he's like, yeah, everything is paid for. You don't have to worry about anything. I'm like, sure, why not? I'm, and I'm seeing all those ads in my head. I'm like, oh my God, this is not happening. And he got me, he, I go, when do we leave? He goes, at 6 a.m. It's two o'clock. We're in Laval. <laughs> We're partying. I'm like, what? jump on a cab, got to my house, packed everything in the dark. And in those days, I did not even own a suitcase. I had just a, a big straw bag that, you know, that closed like a wallet, like just a little nub. He said, can I help you? I said, yeah, gather everything around the bathtub and just put it in the bag. So pack up the bag. And it's when I landed that I realized that I didn't pack any shoes. Well, wait a minute. What kind of fret? Like, boy, we all wish we had a friend like this. I don't think anyone <laughs> has ever had a friend say, hey, and let, let, let's just be, be honest. Like, how long have you, how long did you know this friend before? Uh, I knew him not that long, actually. Oh, my God. You. But the thing he was going there, the thing for him is that he was going there for work. He was a, uh, he's a banker. So he did a lot of business in Nassau. And it was the cheapest place to make him stay was Club Med because everything was included. So, and he just had to take the little shuttle, the little boat shuttle from Paradise Island straight to Nassau and he was there. So every three or four months he was going there 
And it's not a shady thing. Well, well, <laughs> depends who you ask. Well, he used to work for the government. Yeah. So. Bank, banker, Bahamas. No, nothing shady going on. There. No, no, no. I for the government. So, um, no. So they were doing which, a lot of investments. Which, which, in, which, which government? Uh, Quebec, actually. Oh, okay. Now, yeah. wait a minute. Are you saying that, so you had every intention of going there as a GM. So are you saying you're one of those GOs that wound up staying or got invited to stay yeah. to work there? Yeah, I was invited to stay, actually. By, by and who? It, uh, by the chef village, believe it or not. Who was that? And the good, uh, it was uh, Sylvain Barberet Girardin. Wow. He was an interim chef of village over there. And what happened is that when I got there, I mean, listen, two, two o'clock, we're at my house in uh, La Salle. And then we drove all the way to Mirabel in the good old days to get to the airport. And they just scratched my, the name of the guy that was on the ticket. And they put my name in red ink. I remember the, the, the gate agent, she dropped her blue pen, put, took a red pen, put my name with my uh, driver's license. And in the good old days, there was not even a picture on wow. the driver's license. Got into the plane, we parted, and it was charters for Clamette. So people well, were well, already wait, in the you, festive wait, wait, just mood. Hold on, you're dropping, you're spinning gold here, silly. Just, just back up one <laughs> sec. Can you imagine in today's day, crossing out someone's name, not if there were tickets, crossing out oh. someone's name, no photo ID, and they're like, yeah, come on the plane. Can you imagine that happening today? Like, oh my God. No, and I used to work as a flight director for 10 years. So when I go back on those days, I'm like, oh my God, no way. No way, Jose. No way. <laughs> it's it's crazy. It's crazy. I told you my story was crazy. Yeah. So we got into that and we party all throughout. And because we were already on a party mood before we got onto, and it was when Corona, the not the disease, the beer. The beer. Okay. Yes. Came out. Yes. So everybody was drinking Corona bar on board. And um, and it was a big party. Everybody knew their name, everybody's name before getting off at the airplane because we party. I won a bottle of rum. Uh, during my flight, we got there. Wait a minute! Um, wait a minute, Sylvie. Well, back. Yeah. How do you win? <laughs> how do you win a bottle of rum during a flight? Like, what was going on in this plane? Like, what? Oh, we turned that place upside down. So, well, was the okay? I, was it was the prize a, from the 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 guest the guest on the plane, or was the, the prize from the cabin crew? No, it was from the from the cabin crew oh because we're having fun, and some people were. And we started singing like songs from Comed and, you know, like, and nobody knew the words because we only heard about it. And we tried to do the hands up, but that's the only word everybody knew. So hands up. And that's all. And we kept repeating it. Everybody started clapping and it was a party before we landed. And the crew, the crew went to, came to my seat and I was traveling with two other people and they go, you guys were just too much. And you, Missy, you were just too much. And they just gave me a bottle of rum. I'm like, Oh, that's starting good. Okay. Well, I want to go back to 1991 right now. Okay? Yeah. So we land, we land, go to my room, unpack. That's when I realized I have no shoes. So it's going to be a barefoot week. But in the good old days, barefoot was the way to go in Clamette. So I was not, I was not out of sorts there because everybody was barefoot. And because, and as you know, like I made friends in the plane. So I was like, okay, let's meet at the bar. Let's do karaoke. We were participating in everything. And on the, that was on a Sunday. On the Tuesday, I went snorkeling. And uh, my, my snorkeling geo was uh, Jenner. Everybody knows Jenner. He was? So Yeah, he was the snorkeling uh, geo. So snorkeling and picnic goes together. So we go into the boat and you have the ocean to yourself and 
this this older gentleman who was there with his family, I mean, every time I was kicking my fins, I was hitting him. I'm like, we have the ocean, buddy. Go around. Go, don't. And then I realized he was asking for help. He was having a heart attack. I freaked out. So I just I just turned him on him back. There was not much I could do. So I signaled the boat. They came and get me with its CPR. The guy was the guy was okay. He didn't die or anything. So Oof, but I was like a lot of emotion. So we cut this, the snorkeling trip short. We go back to shore and oh my God. So now even, even though I was a crazy girl from the plane, now with somebody who actually managed to get back somebody to the boat who was having a heart attack. And it was crazy. So at the medal ceremony, I won a medal. Uh, that was the same night. So I won a medal for my, uh, for my prowess. The morning after, I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. I'm having the late breakfast in front of the in front of the port. I'm sitting there by myself having coffee and a croissant. And the chief of village arrived and he goes, he was mad at me. And I said, what's going on? He goes, where were you last night? I'm like, oh, I was in my bed. I was sleeping. He goes, there was a meeting. You miss I said, there was a meeting. I missed. Oh, I said, I didn't know that you had to go to the meetings. Like, of course you have to go to the meetings. I said, oh, I thought Clement, you do whatever you want, you know? And then he looked at me weird. He goes, what do you mean? He said, you're not a geo. I'm like, no. He goes, oh, because he was new as well in the village. So he did, he was not familiar with all of his crew yet because he was an interim chief of village. And he goes, oh my God, but everybody knows you. I'm like, yeah, because I have fun. And I mean, what are the chances I'm going to do a trip like this ever again in these conditions? So I said, taking full advantage of everything. I'm having a blast. And he goes, Oh, we need people like you. Do you want to stay? And I said, well, I'm not too sure because with the reaction you had, because I missed a meeting up, he's like, no, no, no. Honestly, you have to come. You have to come. I said, let me think about it. And I was like all emotions, everything like flashing in front of my eyes. Like, what do I do? I knew I was at a crossroad. And I remember on a Thursday night, sitting by myself on the beach next to the sailing shack, watching the stars thinking they're so close to here the little music in the back and i'm like oh hell yeah that's what i'm doing well wait a minute it had nothing to do <laughs> with uh being february in montreal and minus 40 right i'm sure that well that, that well, might have had a little, a little something to do with it right huge factor okay huge good. influencing factor because i realized that i was not i was born in the wrong country i love my country it's fantastic but my god the winter yep i, I can't agree. Yeah. Well, did you, did you go home and then make your decision? Yes, I yeah, because like I said, I did not even pack a pair of shoes. So I said, well, listen, you know, I just bought a condo. I had a brand new car. I'm like, oh, shoot. So I went back home. I um, I put everything. And you know, like when things are meant to happen, I called back the notary that I had done the business with for my condo. He said, oh, there was another buyer. Let me see if uh, when you bid on the condo, let me see if he wants to, if he's still uh, interested. So sold my condo, my car. I got rid of all my winter clothes, gave them to my sister and my mother, packed my bags. And like I said, no suitcases. I went and bought two hockey pouch, you know, like the big one is a, it looked like I was carrying two dead bodies and those things because I brought way too much stuff. And uh, that's how I left and uh, never intending to come back. And, and on, at the airport, um, I noticed this guy and he's tall and blonde and way more time than anybody else is there. He ended up being on my flight 
And as we're sitting, we're sitting next to each other in the plane. And he introduced himself. He's like, uh, hi, mon nom, c'est Luc. My name is Luc. So I'm like, okay, my name is Sylvie. He says, where are you going to? He's like, you're going to Clement? I'm like, yeah. I go, he goes, yeah, me too. I'm a G over there. I'm like, really? He goes, yeah. He said, what are you going to be doing there? I said, well, I've been asked to come as a snorkeling uh, picnic uh, geo. He goes, oh, that's what I'm going to be doing. So the guy, Luke, is red. <laughs> okay, well. It's red from Club Med. Well, that's wait. how we met. Well, what did it, uh, but did the chief tell you that you you wouldn't get, be getting paid? Well, no, I was going there apparently with a contract. So when I came back three weeks later, I don't know if there was a kerfuffle with the paperwork uh, or what, okay. but nobody was expecting me when I got there. So, oh. and the guy <laughs> red that was sitting next to me in the plane was the guy with the contract for, for yeah. the, the picnics. Uh, I'm like, awkward. Okay. I cannot go back. I sold everything, <laughs> you oh, know, boy. and, and they go, don't worry, don't worry. And uh, some people remember me because I mean, apparently I was unforgettable that week. I had so much fun and they go, don't worry. So for a little bit, so my job was au pair. I'm like, what the what is that? So basically you get room and board and you participate to the activity. They, uh, they give you an area to work at. So I was the au pair snorkeling picnic geo. And I ended up touching like, and often when they would need, uh, when there was an affluence of too much people somewhere, they would send me there as the au pair for the week over there. So I did pretty much every services. They put me as a, um, a tennis secretary for a bit. And I worked there. Some of the geos that were there, Xavier Corn, Saber Oh, oh. oh Saber was there too? Saber was there too. All these people became chief of village. I mean, right. our golf geo was Jean-Marc Derry. Jean-Marc uh, Desi? Uh, Desi, sorry. Jean-Marc Desi. The chief of entertainment was E.T. Mehmet. Okay. Wow. And a chief of sport was Momo. Who became, they all became chief of village. So I had an amazing crew. It was ridiculous. I was there with Red and Jenner. It, it was crazy. Amazing people. I've learned so much about life, the way it works, how it goes, teamwork. Uh, it's And how customer service, without knowing in those days that it was customer service, how it was super important and and in those days, you didn't need a badge. If you were a good geo, you talked to everybody. Everybody knew you. So you didn't need a badge. So for me, when the badge came on, it was more an annoyance than anything because uh, the first one they were with, I don't know if you met, they were with the little, uh, it looks like a pin and it would rust and it would stab you and it was getting caught in everything. And so, yeah, so I learned so many things from these people. It was just amazing. How long did you uh, spend at Paradise that first season? Uh, Paradise, go? I stayed there. I got, I got to Cancun around close to, uh, I think, in November. So I stayed there for quite a bit. Stayed there for quite a bit. Did a change of uh, a team there. Because I came in, the season was already started. So I was, uh, well, was, the... I was always in between. Was the, the uh, was was the did you eventually get the actual chief of village in paradise? Like because you said you had, uh, yes, you had yes, an interim. Chief, who was yeah, the, the actual... chief of village uh, was uh, Mustafa Kutni. Okay. Yeah, that was the chief of village there that year, and yeah, so I did a 
I did a lot of services and learned about a, a lot of things. It was, but it was just crazy. Like in those, and you know, like I was 24. So my brain was not fully thinking and it was just, you know, like going with the flow. That's how I learned that that's what it is. You know, like you just, oh, youth. I wish sometimes my brain would go back to the, these periods. Like, you know, like you just go with what feels right and you just go with it with all the conviction you have in you. You don't even have to muster it. It's there. And I miss those days. <laughs> I miss those days. You know, like now you're older, you think more about things like, I started doing like water ski circus. And nowadays I'm like, oh, but what if I get hurt? And what if they don't catch me? And what if I fall? And is there a crocodile in the lagoon? In those days, did they, you want to try water ski? Sure, let's go. How do you do that? Boom. Okay. And if you fall, swim fast back to the boat because there's crocodiles. Okay. And it was not a care in the world. I don't know what what was a magic in the air, but it was amazing. I miss those days so much. I'm pretty sure you do too. Yes. Do you have any um, funny stories from your first season that you can recall? Funny stories. Yeah. Every day was a funny story because so many things like people really let go when they go to Clamad because, you know, it's a, and then uh, it was, People knew that you only go on first name basis. Nobody knew what, where you, well, they knew where you were from, depending on your accent, but they didn't know what you do. You didn't talk about work. You didn't talk about back home. You thought about like what you did this morning, what you do as nothing. But one of the most amazing story I remember is I'm sure every geo was going to uh, remember those days. You know, you always had one of those guests that come in that, you know, like, really is like so impressed with the geos like it's a little they become groupies but a borderline stalker and and uh and sometimes you know because you say hello to everybody hey how are you and you're friendly sometimes people think it means more than just hello and we had one of those guys that come I know it sounds like a bad story <laughs> off the bat but bear with me so this guy you know like it was you can tell it was a little bit too friendly and he, he was like an excited kid like he was a, like an excited eight-year-old but he was 40 so you could tell there was something like a bit you could tell he had a, a slight maybe handicap but you could not pinpoint it and and all the girls were running away from him because he was so happy that we were talking to him he was just so thrilled and you know like the white patterned shoes the knee socks the long bermuda the the magnum flowery shirt the the captain's hat and it was just a little bit too much and we were running and the poor guy you could tell he was miserable and one day we had red and jenner giving us a lecture saying like you guys you don't you don't understand what club med is and we're like what what do you mean and they go well listen this guy probably saved all his life to come here to enjoy his vacation and you guys are making him feel bad so if you Sylvie talked to him for five minutes and then somebody else comes in and take the relay and talks to him to five minutes and then somebody else and everybody does that. Nobody's kind of uh, stuck with somebody they don't really, you know, feel comfortable with, but everybody takes the relay. He's going to be talking to everybody and let's make him king of the week. And you know what? With I, like I said, in those days, we were going with the flow. So we go, you know what? Let's do this. This guy... 
had the most memorable week ever. And between us, you know, like after you talk with five minutes with the guy, you realize that he's got a slight handicap, a slight mental handicap, and he's working in a mail room in New York because he's finally gained his independence at 40 years old. He's, he's renting a little room in a boarding house. And he, I think he has spent five or seven years saving money to get this vacation. This will never be happening ever again in his life. And we actually ended up making this trip. He was king of the week and really, and between us, we would talk like, oh, did you know that he do that? Did you know? And we got to know him. We got to give the guy a chance and we got to know him. And we discovered somebody who was an amazing person, just a bit awkward at first. And the guests, the, the guests at Clement were like, who the hell is this guy? Why all the geos are talking to him? Why is he always invited everywhere? People are fighting to have him at his table. So the guests, without knowing it, started getting on wanting to know this guy. So people were inviting him for sailing, for coffees, to the dance floor. This guy, and when he left, everybody was in tears because he had... It changed our perception of life and what it is to be accepting and given a chance to someone, to get to know someone and go further than appearance. And that is one of the most amazing stories that I ever got out of Club Med. And to this day, I apply this everywhere, you know? So when there's a task or somebody that you have to deal with that's not great, teamwork is the key. And I've carried that throughout my life. and. It serves me to this day, sir. Oh, please call me Greg. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, question. You and I are both from Montreal. So yes. your first season, I'm wondering if you had the same problem I did. In terms of culture shock now, uh, since we're from Montreal, you know, we speak Quebecois. Did you have any miscommunication with the French geos or French GMs? Like I had never heard really f- French from France before. Um, so did you like... Did you, oh my God! Did anyone yes. understand you from France because they didn't understand me? When uh, I was... From at first, I had it was it's sometimes the expression, but I think my my worst thing was with American geos. I actually American GMs. I was in uh, Sonora Bay, and you know, like uh, you go scuba diving, and there's a lot of seals. And I was on the boat there, and I had to do the spiel, explain to okay, people okay, well, in okay. French. Okay, I know. I don't, don't say don't say the word. Okay, I know. What I you're won't say, say okay. the word. We were talking about seals. You can spell it out, but oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's no. So the, the word seal in French the, is spelled completely differently. Yeah, P H O Q U E. Yeah, exactly. But the way it sounds to a so when you speak French and you say seal in French. Uh, it sounds like something absolutely not acceptable yeah, in English. It, sound, it sounds like the F word. It does. It does. And one day I got called into the, the, the chief of village office because somebody, because I was doing like, a, oh, we're going to be see, And I did the spiel in French and everything goes. And I was so professional. It was not even funny. And I got called into the chief of office village because somebody said that I was swearing like a lumberjack. And I'm like, what? And I was crying. I'm like, but I never swore. I, I and then he goes, what did you say on that boat that everybody complains that you were swearing? And I said, I did not even speak English. I only, because in those days, I didn't speak English. I learned my languages and I learned my English in Clamed. 
I learned my Spanish in Clement. So I tell him, he's like, what did you say? So I give him my spiel and the poor guy now is rolling on the floor laughing. Goes like, oh, okay, you're okay. So that night at the show, he said, by the way, folks, we just like to remind you, Clement is international. So when we translate things, bear in mind that certain words in different language might sound like something in your language, but it might be a total different meaning. So so yeah so that was my my big thing and yeah but like i said i had a lot of mishap with languages because i learned my english in Clement. i did not speak a word of english so i used to confuse words like beach and another b word so every day i was going on the b word <laughs> well how many roughly, how many how many years did you spend at Clement, roughly i spent uh, a little over 10 years can you rattle off some of the villages you worked at? But it doesn't have to be in order, okay? Just just rattle off some of the ones you worked at. You uh, Paradise, this. Cancun, Martinique, Cuba, Columbus Island, Extapa, Playa Blanca, Turks and Caicos, uh, Sandpiper, Sonora Bay, Huatulco, St. Lucia. I went to Haiti for a week. Wow, sounds like yeah. you did uh, almost all the North American zone there. <laughs> yeah, I never went to the, uh, I went to uh, Les Ains in Switzerland, but uh, I was there as a guest. So it was really, really funny to see the other side of things. Okay, well, in these villages you worked in, now, now rattle so, off, rattle off your position, some of the positions, the different positions you worked, please. I did snorkeling picnic for quite a while. I was, I think it was one of the first girls ever to do that and uh, and I learned from the best so and it was funny stories and um, after that I managed bars and restaurants oh really okay so yeah so when people were telling me you know like after a full week at Clement when you're at the bar people like oh what you're gonna do when you go back to the real world dude <laughs> this is the real world I'm managing a bar employee a budget inventories purchasing so and i'm working and i'm working seven days a week yeah and i'm working yeah the good old days seven days a week and but if you were smart you would you would get uh like i said if you were a good geo everybody knew your name and sometimes people would insist you go with them on excursion so you would ask the chief of village well they really want us to go and they go yeah sure go so you would get like free excursions and at dinner time it was great because you know, you managed a gang throughout the week and then you, you had your posse for the week. So it was really nice. So I miss, uh, I miss that, like getting to a table and not knowing a soul, you sit there. And in the good old days was tables of eight and, uh, and you would be seated there. It was maximum two geos per table. So everybody could, and your job as a geo at a table was to introduce everybody like hey i'm sylvie i'm uh i'm a chief. how are you and uh where are you from oh oh you do sailing well this girl she likes to go sailing tomorrow maybe you guys can go together and it was just you know like public relation uh 24 7 basically now you said from paradise island your second season was in cancun correct Cancun. Did you finally oh, you, get paid in Cancun or are you still Yes, I got a, no, I got a contract. I actually got a contract towards the end in paradise, uh, in paradise. And you know what? I'll be very honest with you. The, the, the concept of a contract did not even, I did not even understand what the difference was because to be honest with you, I had, when I left, I had, uh, I had money in the bank. So, and, and I never had needed any money at Clement. 
because people, when they would leave, they would leave you their bottle of shampoo and soaps and sometimes perfumes, sometimes shoes, sometimes clothes. I, I don't remember buying anything. And in the good old days, I don't remember leaving Montreal with, you know, like uh, the shampoo I would need for the year. And my hair is long. My hair was down to my to my bun. So I had very long, thick hair. So shampoo is something I use a lot. I never bought anything, never bought. And when I, my first contract ever, I was making $425 US a month. Do you know how much I managed to save on that? My pay was back in the bank. I never used my money over there. So never. you're saying you were, you were never on the blacklist is what you're telling me. Never, never. Okay. And uh, I, I would actually pay drinks to Geo's because uh, GMs would buy me drinks at the bar. So I was not using my Barbies a lot. So I would give it to them. Okay. I made a lot of friends that way. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> All right. You went to, uh, you were in Turks and what, around 97, I'm guessing? Turks and Caicos, 97? Uh, yeah, 1997. I had what? come back to Montreal for uh, a year. And in the bar where I work, uh, three people come to the bar, like very menacing. I'm like, what's going on here? It was Red, Kevin Bat, and uh, Fergie. And they go, what are you doing here in Montreal? You got to come back with us. So I went back. I went back to Turks with them. Which bar were you working at in Montreal? Do you remember? Oh, yeah. I was a daytime bartender at Chez Paré. No. Okay. All right. Let's go on to the next Fully question. Fully quoted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was wearing a oh, tuxedo. No. Oh, I know. What's your, uh, okay, so you did Turks. So do you have a favorite? Well, give me your personal JoJo story. Did you encounter JoJo? I'm pretty sure you yes, did. Yes, right? I did encounter JoJo. By the way, I was part of the crew that built Sharkies. Oh, really? Yep, I build that that bar. It was a nightmare at first because it was next to the ceiling shack and it was not really prepared to receive. Uh, we had to drag coolers there every day to store everything. Were you working and, at the bar? Sorry. Uh, yeah, Turks? I was a bartender in Turks and Caicos and we built the bar. The bar, bar beach was just a little uh, round thing with an umbrella in between what now is known as Sharkies and the main village. It was just a little, uh, it was an umbrella with a little place with a cooler. So they decided to open that little shack next to the sailing shack and transform it to uh, to be a bar. And that's how Sharkies was, was built. Was this Kevin's idea to build it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sharkies is from Kevin. I was in Cancun when he got uh, attacked by the shark. And after that, he, he had like a... Uh, morbid fascination with sharks so everything so his logo was a shark and that's that's how sharkies became and you helped it was uh, kevin's and creation and you helped oh yeah set it, set it up okay cool oh yeah cool. yeah and uh, jojo we saw him very often uh in turks one time we came back from a um from a picnic because once in a while i would go back on picnics and we're coming off the boat and and i'm like guys get in the water and everybody got into the water without asking it. I said, don't move, just stay there. So we're by the dock by scuba diving. Everybody's wondering what's going on. I said, don't freak out, but Jojo's here. And they go, what? I'm like, don't move. Let just float, just relax. We were in very shallow water and Jojo spent about 20 minutes with us circling around people, you know, like slightly rubbing them and, you know, like, just like, Hey, how are you? You know, like kind of high-fiving dolphin style to everybody people were freaking out and they were like oh my god this is so great i'm like don't touch him he's still a wild animal and everybody like just remained very cool and every you could hear like people like, oh my god he's next to me so it was fantastic 
I mm-hmm. swam the first time I saw him, I got scared. I thought it was a shark because the only thing I saw was a fin. Yeah. <laughs> scared a beeswack out of me. Oh yeah, that's pretty cool. But yeah, yeah. I guess when you, yeah, your first time you see him, it's kind of uh, you don't well, know what he's gonna do, and you know. <laughs> well, you don't know because the only thing you know is from what you see on TV. You see dolphin on TV and movies, and you go, "Oh, this is so cool!" Until it's next to you, it's a big fish. Yeah. It's huge, and it's that's like, right. "Holy moly, Batman!" Even I though, hope it's yeah, friendly. <laughs> no, they're 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 smiling at you that you're still not convinced totally that that's a real yeah, smile. Yeah, it can look <laughs> menacing. You know, it can look menacing. It's it's like okay, okay, calm down. But the, you never anticipate that it's so big and so alive, and the, the the energy that comes out of it, you you can feel it. It's like whoa, it takes place. You know, it's 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 a beast. You and all in your ten years, roughly in Clement, do you uh, recall meeting any celebrities or athletes or singers or any? Oh famous? my God! I taught Emmett Smith how to snor how to snorkel. Emmett Smith, cowboy, <laughs> Dallas Emmett Cowboys Smith, running back, number twenty two, uh, baby, number twenty two. And he won, yep. I believe, the Mirabal Trophy on Dancing with the Stars. I think. Yeah, decades okay. later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, I was in Eleuthera. Oh, that's another club I went to. I forgot about this one. So we're in Eleuthera, and his wife wanted him to go snorkeling. So I taught him in the pool, and I don't know, but in those days, this guy was massive i think he had like zero percent fat on him i know it's impossible but it was so lean and mean but the thing is with lean and mean machine they sink they don't really float float they don't have any buoyancy so i taught him how to he did not really know how to swim so taught him how to float and how to snorkel in the pool and and he was getting better and better and the first time in the ocean we go knee level because I don't want him to freak out. We go knee level into the ocean. I said, all you have to do is float. And is to freak out, just stand up. That's all you got to do. You're not going to drown or anything. He puts his face down, is going well for a minute. And then I hear a scream. I could never imagine coming out of such a beast. He freaked out, ran to the shore. I'm like, what's going on? He's like, you didn't tell me they're going to be fishes. Oh boy. (laughs) (laughs) When he saw the fishes. No, please. Why does Emmett Smith have to have a dumb DM question? (laughs) Oh, no. Okay. He was not expecting, he was expecting something like when he saw in the pool. He never taught that. Uh, like what, Barbies? <laughs> um, a, a, a brush? I don't know, but it was, I can <laughs> vividly see him change. running and screaming. Uh, this was His where, wife was not impressed. This was where, in paradise? <laughs> that was in Eleuthera. Oh, Eleuthera. They were there. Okay. Yeah. Oh, Eleuthera. Okay. It was just so funny. But Yikes. no, I met a lot of people, like hockey players, like Pavel, uh, Pavel Bure is Trevor Linden, a bunch of uh, hockey players, Victoria models, Victoria Secret models, GQ models, Antonio Sabato Jr. Ah. in uh, Turks and Caicos. Okay, so uh, you were there. Yeah. You were there with Michele. Then Michele Stayano. With you were there with. Yeah. Uh, was Lulu your chief? Yeah, she okay. was there. She had just gotten there. Well, let me share the story because Michele, uh, I worked with Michele and and Playa 97 and Otranto, Italy, then they went to Turk. So he has the funniest story about Antonio Sabato Jr. Because, uh, you know, Michele's from uh, from Napoli, you know, big Italian guy, and he doesn't know uh, American celebrities. 
So he was telling me the story how this uh, another Italian guy showed up, American. There, he was happy to speak Italian. He goes, "Oh, let's go work out. You like your workout?" You know? But as he was working out with Antonio, all these women were coming up to Antonio, taking pictures of him. And Michele was used to women taking pictures of him. And whenever he asked Antonio what he did, he would always he wouldn't say anything. He would brush it off. But finally, after you know the sixtieth girl that came up, he goes, "What do you do for a living?" He goes, "Oh, I'm an actor." <laughs> Like, oh Michaela, yeah, Michaela was like jealous and odd of Antonio Sabato Jr. Because, but to be honest, I don't think it's legal to be that good looking because whatever you see on TV or on posters, it's not even close to what it is in real life. Oh it's, yeah, oh yeah, you know he's a good looking guy. So yeah, I can imagine like you put Antonio Sabato Jr. on a singles village in Turks. Yikes. Okay. But you know what? It was very low key. He was there with his cousin, who's actually even better looking than him. If people oh, love really? that. Wow. Yeah, and they were just low-key guys, not, you know, not crazy, not self-involved or anything like that. So it was just really cool. It was just really cool. I met uh, one of the most fun guy I met ever. His name was Bob Talbot. Nobody will know who that is. But if you remember in the 90s, there was a series, you know, like you would see pictures of uh, dolphin tails or whale tails or and it was everywhere everybody had one of those you know like you would see like a big boat and just a dolphin tails like flipping just next to it this guy was the artist who took all these pictures and all these things and he was there um you think he's he a photographer a, he's a photographer oh, well-known okay. photographer and his photographies has been all over the place Google Bob Talbot when you have a chance and you will see all the pictures. And that's the guy. And I went scuba diving with him in Columbus Isle. And we ended up seeing something freakish. We were, uh, the, we saw a uh, feeding frenzy. We were at the bottom of one of the dive sites and we're on the sand looking up. And there was a, um, a bunch of hammerheads there. And I don't know what they were feeding on. They, they fed like they kind of created a frenzy and they just left probably a fish that was left over there and uh and they just left so i cannot believe i lived that with the guy who take photographies of dolphins and whales so it was great i met a famous otter mary Iggin clarks oh yeah yeah, yeah judge judy judge judy okay what? she was there with her husband and uh the then uh, i think it was mayor of uh, uh new york michael bloomberg oh yes okay yeah Meadows, they were really nice. And she's no nonsense too. Were there any like chef de village or managers you clicked with the most? Like do you there were some like, you know, you'd like to say their name that because you thought I were... yes, I had fantastic chief of village. Well, the one we know and we have in common handle for sure. Great guy. I had one, I know that I know it's gonna be a country uh Kevin Bat. I worked with him for uh Two different village. I worked with him when he was my chief of sports in Cancun and uh, he was my chief of village in Turks and Caicos. So that was cool. Carlos, Car Carlos Castro, great guy, amazing guy, super nice. And one that's going to be um, Kenton Smith, believe it or not. I did Xtapa with him and he was, it was just super fun to work with. And uh, because I was, um, I was a little bit older then. I was like in my 30s. And most of the geos were a little bit younger. So I was kind of the adult of the village. So he trusted me more. And I was an annex restaurant. Responsible. I was responsible annex. And, and he trusted me with everything. And I was, I, was, I was treated well. And I had a super fun team there as well. 
So I don't know. I was blessed with good people. Most of the village I went to. Most of the village I went to. I was great. Oh, that's good. But Andal and, oh, and Patrick Serva. I cannot not mention Patrick Serva. He was uh, my chief choreographer in uh, Cancun. He was a choreographer. And he ended up being chief of village. And he was a choreographer, believe it or not. And oh, he I, dances like a god. Well, he was my chief of sport in Playa Blanca, 97, but I didn't know he was a choreographer. He was a choreographer. He's the one who uh, broke down the... Uh, the first one who did the choreography uh, for uh, Rhythm Nation. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. So we did that in uh, 94 in Turks, summer 94. Okay, cool. All right. So much talent in, uh, in uh, the um, animation. I work with uh, Graham uh, Maxwell. That's when he, he did a lot of big shows like um, Amadeus. And the other one with Tommy. Oh, the who? Um, yeah, the who. Okay, okay yeah. <laughs> the what? Okay. The what? No, the who. <laughs> oh, man, all right. That's a, you've had some some quite the career there in Club Med, I see. Wow. No, it was a lot was, of cool places and uh, met some nice I'm, people. Yeah, and I miss the camaraderie of everybody. You know, like at five o'clock when all the activity closes, and then the jails we had like a little bit, a few minutes there to you know like to, ch to catch up with the day real fast before we hit the showers and go back to the bar and talk again with people and and you know this is one thing I've learned from uh Red and Jenner if you want to do like things just geos find a few cool GMs throughout the week and you know like do a bonfire with them invite them so you can have like huge gatherings with fun people and uh, a lot of geos and everybody's happy yeah, I miss that, the catching up with people and people working with people from all over the place. I've worked with people from Mauritius Island. I mean, I never knew what, I did not even know that it was an island called Mauritius. I had no idea. I discovered nationalities, food, and, and everybody got along. Most of the times, everybody got along. And it was, I miss that. Yeah, I miss too. that. Keep getting to know other people, other uh, way of life, other ethnicities. It, it, everything that goes with it. It's I miss that. People don't take the time nowadays. I think. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, what's its uh, what's its own utop utopia back then, Clement? You know, nobody talked religion or politics or anything. It was like, hey, what'd you mm. do today? Oh, I went snorkeling. Oh, great. You yeah, <laughs> I remember in Paradise Island, people coming and like, oh my God, the wall, the wall. I'm like, and. All the Jews were like, what? It was in the good old days when we didn't have any internet, iPhones, tablets, New, or news, even a newspapers, TV. or even newspaper, newspapers. nothing at all. And yeah. then uh, we found out uh, three days after the new arrival of GMs that the Berlin Wall went down. Okay, well, that's right. well, what a small <laughs> event you'd say, but yeah, so we're like, what? Yeah, no, and but I, I think know, anyone who worked in the 90s, early 90s, there was some major event if they were at. Like for you, it was a Berlin Wall, but for me, my first season, 94, was the O.J. Simpson trial, and I didn't know what was going on. Guests would come in every with the New York Charter and tell us, okay, this is what happened this week. Oh, I missed the entire kerfuffle with that. I did okay. not even know what happened. <laughs> oh, you want to hear a funny story about New York and Martinique and a plane? Sure. Long as it's a, do, well, as long as it's appropriate, because you put you put Martinique and, and New York in there. So, OK, <laughs> yeah, yeah I know. I, I understand your fear, my friend. OK, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's 
it's so clean. It's not even funny. Okay, good. Doing arrival and departure, any go, any good geos remember arrival and departure. What a pleasure it was. And in uh, the good old days, we would do them in perios. So I'm wearing like my perios and a pair of thongs. And okay, you mean, uh, a, you mean sandals, right? Sandals, yeah. Sorry, okay. my age doesn't get there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that used to get me in trouble a lot. <laughs> so yeah, and one of the geos, he had little birds and one of them, it was like a little uh, lovebird. And that thing loved me. So it was, I always, uh, during departure and arrival, I always had him on my shoulder. It was one of, uh, his name was Paco and he was an excursion geos and I would take care of his bird. So it was a small little bird. And like I said, my hair was very, very long. So the little bird loved to be like on my shoulder, like very close to my neck. And he would shuffle it. He would hide himself in my hair. So very often people would not know it is that I had a bird on my shoulder. And in Martinique, we also had the crew from American Airlines that would uh, that would stay with us for the night. And they they would bring some GMs. They would they would spend the night at Clamed. They would go back to New York, and then another charter would come back. So they would change crew. So, and one day one of the one of the crews that were there, you know, because it was very often the same crew. The captain said, uh, we were two girls. Um, I forget. I forgot the name of the other girl that was with me. And he goes, you girls want to come and see the airplane? And I'm like, sure, why not? So we go into the aircraft and it's a huge one. And he goes, you guys want to do the ride to New York with us? I'm like, sure, why not? So here we are. Imagine the good old days. Nowadays, after, after 9-11, you would never think of that. I swear to you, we did not even have, we did not go through custom or anything. We stayed on board the plane. Nobody asked us anything. Here we are. We don't even have passport. I have a bird on my shoulder. And wait, I wait, did... wait, wait, Sylvie, are you, are you saying you went from Martinique to New York? Yeah. And then, uh, well, wait, then because did, came... but did you ask yeah. the chief of village if you could go? No, because we were at the airport all day long. So our job was to drive the first, the GMs that were leaving in the morning to New York. So we would drive them to the airport. And then we would spend the day at the airport waiting for the new arrival of GMs. Yeah, but you're saying you took the from plane New York. from Martinique to New York? Yeah, we brought back the other bunch of GMs that were coming back. Yeah, but that's quite a long flight, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was five hours. So you didn't even ask the chief. You just went on the plane. We didn't tell anybody, not no. even the geos we were with at the airport. Nobody wow. knew we were gone. Okay. <laughs> Nobody knew we were gone. We were on the plane. And I remember, I'm like, nowadays, and bear with me, I became a flight director years later. And I'm thinking back on that. And I'm like, there's no way. No, no, <laughs> this no <laughs> I've never heard of, it, a, of that, like a yeah, geo went we, on a plane to pick up, you know? Yeah, we not, got onto the plane. And in those days, we would not like, oh, that was a cool thing. Hey, you want to go to New York? Whatever. Like, sure. We got on the plane. They cleaned the plane. We stayed on board. We did not even go out custom or anything. We stayed on the plane. The people boarded and were like, we're like, hey, welcome to Club Med. And when we flew 10, 10 hours, 11 with the one hours on the on the ground. Good Lord. And we brought back people the same day. That's it. That's all we did. And and after a while, when we came back, they go, oh, there you go, guys. We'll look for you everywhere. Where were you? I'm like, oh, we went to get the GMs. And nobody thought of asking us, you went to get them where? <laughs> really? And, wow. Okay. And so when they found out, well, some people got upset afterwards, like, 
no, you cannot do that. So that's why we didn't do it again. But it's like, <laughs> but if we were so like, well, they asked, they asked us if we wanted to do it. Anyway, we would have been stuck at the airport. So what was the difference? It's like, no, you cannot board a plane and leave a country. And what if something would have happened? What if the plane would have been delayed? It would have, yeah. we never thought of that. We honestly never thought of that. How, how innocent. Simpler times. Yeah. Sim simpler dumb. times. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why I, I asked, I, that's why I asked you these questions. I, yeah, I never heard of that before. <laughs> like I just kept yeah. thinking, oh boy. Can you imagine it? now you get, yeah. you know, you open the, the plane, there's a girl there in a, two girls with perios and one of them's got a bird on her shoulder, no passport, no documentation, nothing but a smile and a tan. What, you know, and, but it was simpler times. Wow. Okay. Way much simpler. All right. Well, this last this last question might be might be hard for you because you you spent uh -oh. you, you spent <laughs> you spent so many years in Club Ed and you went to so many great villages. So I'm wondering if there was one season that was uh, magical to you in any way more than the others, or or did you like all your seasons just for different reasons, or was there one that really stood out? Was it your first one because of all the talent you had on on your team and you you, um, know, you weren't really yeah, planning to work uh, work there? I don't know. You tell me. What do you have one like that? Honestly, I would say most my season, I was blessed to work with fantastic people. I had, you know, like amazing chief of village. Oh, I forgot to mention Yeyuhi Bisana. Great, great person. And, um, but honestly, my first season, honestly, to me, because of all the culture, cultural shock there were nationalities I did not even know about. Food I'd never seen before. Experience I've never lived. I mean, to be able to wake up and you realize nowadays, you know, like I'm, I'm over, you know, I'm 54 and a half. <laughs> so I grew up since then. But in those days, I did not appreciate the fact that you get up, you just splash some water on your face, grab a perio, tie it up and go to work and five minutes later you're there you're at work and then you have amazing sceneries uh beautiful i remember the blooming uh the just midnight jasmine in eleuthera the smell of it so the smell and most people are on vacation they're having fun it's great and you just want to have like a great experience but my first season honestly was magical to be honest it was magical the people i work with Everybody was willing to help everyone. And there was, I remember taking off the, you know, like at five o'clock when you close the activities and all the, the, the sailing equipment that you need to bring back up to the beach. You've been a sports geos, you know how hard that is. Yeah. Everybody would gather and do it. You know, it's like, because we would, we would grab a quick drink at the sailing shack before we would go and hit the shower. So everybody was helping everybody. It, everybody participated. I remember arrival departure, big groups and people at planning. And it was the good old days with the little uh, stickers they would have. It was not, it, we didn't have any computers in those days. So everything was little, uh, little tabs with everybody's name. And they would show you what to do. And you would just go, okay. They give you one task and you had to. So I learned so many things and it. it's, and the people that took the time to show you and share their experience and what worked and what made you a great geo. That's what I, that's to yeah. this day, I swear I still carry it with me and I've implemented it everywhere I went. It's a great answer. Wow. Yeah. 
Well, I want to thank you, Sylvie. Uh, you've got so many crazy stories, so many fun times. I really want to thank you for sharing that with us and the listeners. Thank you, man. Thank you very much. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. I love your podcast, by the way. I'm a fan. So I was oh. very, very uh, oh, thank you. happy that you oh. asked me. Oh, no, I, uh, yeah, for someone who, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that there's a picture out there with us in it and we, we, like, we goofed on our dates, like we actually did a season together. <laughs> I'm hoping I'm going to go through mine again, because it's crazy that, you know, we have like 45 friends in common and that we just missed each other all these, you know, all these times. But eventually, yeah, we met at one of Hendel's parties after we uh, both stopped Clement. So uh, <laughs> better late Well, than we never. met at so many Hendel's parties. It's like, yeah. it's, and you know, it's, you're, you're, you know, you're a part of the family. So, you yeah. know, I get there and it's my brothers and sisters. And for me, there's no such thing as a geo. I don't know. It's, it's like, oh, you're a geo. I know you come here, you know, it's, and it's, it's, it's like, uh, but I'm great to have known people like you, even though we did, I regret not working with you. I'm sure we yeah. would have a blast. Oh yeah, man. Are you kidding? I, I would have went with you guys to that, on that plane to Martinique uh, or for, to, from Martinique to New York. Oh, <laughs> you would have loved just, it. Just for the story. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Wow. Okay. <laughs> we didn't know what we were doing. And no, now, I know. I, nowadays, uh, like decades, I'm like, oh my God, I cannot believe I've done that. Yeah, yeah. Holy I, moly, I Batman. I didn't tell anyone where I went. Whoops. Okay. <laughs> I can't call them. Okay. Yeah, we left the country. I got this guy's bird for, for 11 hours. You know, I kidnapped his yeah, bird. Yeah, and okay. nobody missed anybody. It was, uh, it was, you know, like it could have been a bad story, but no, it was a great story. <laughs> well, yeah, that, I can't wait for people to hear that one. Okay. <laughs> They're like, what? She did. What? Okay. I hope I don't get in trouble. No, no, no. Are you kidding? There's a, the statute of limitations ran, really ran out on that one. Okay. That was in 92. That yeah. was in oh, 92. Yeah, yeah. That, that was pre everything. So yeah, I wouldn't worry. Yeah. So it was in the good old days, like blessed ignorance. Yep. Well, everyone, I hope you enjoyed uh, this episode. Uh, this was from Montreal, Sylvie, and uh, we'll see you all next week. Say bye, Sylvie. Bye, Sylvie. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>